and I look forward to seeing you in person uh, again. But I thought I'd take this little opportunity just to share some of the thoughts I have regarding COVID-19 and maybe tie it into the sermon uh, th this morning. And I'm not going to tell you this morning regarding COVID-19, all the things you need to do. Uh, you know what you need to do regarding hygiene, uh, what you need to do in terms of uh, if you've left the country for 14 days, that you need to self-quarantine. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. You know all that. The announcement was just made uh, about the guidelines that we have. You also know we're meant to practice social distancing. But I want to say this, that just because we're meant to practice social distancing doesn't mean we're meant to practice spiritual distancing. That at this time, even though we might not be meeting together, we might not be able to meet together physically, that spiritually we're still meant to keep going, that we can still be connected uh, that we can still urge and encourage each other on all the more, even through times like this. And I'm thankful for technology. I'm thankful that I'm able to make recordings like this. I'm thankful that I'm able to Google Hangout, use Zoom, uh, Skype, whatever platform uh, to connect with people around us. So this time, it's, instead of thinking about it as a problem, which it is, it definitely is a world pandemic and emergency, but it's also for us to be, as a church, to be creative in terms of how we can encourage each other, how we can support each other, how we can love uh, each other uh, during uh, this time. So uh, in light of everything that's going on, I'm not going to ask you uh, to think about physically what we need to do, but really spiritually. And uh, what does it mean for you during this pandemic, in light of everything that's going on, as we see the news, see the social media, uh, the news that's going on 24 hours a day, uh, giving us all the charts and all the terrible uh, data that, that, that's coming, all the deaths that people have tragically experienced in their families. Uh, what are we meant to do with this? As Christians, what are we meant to do? And that's the ultimate question I want to address uh, th th this morning. What does it mean to be a Christian during this t emergency, during this pandemic? I'm not going to say it's just for you not to be like the world because that's too easy of an answer. And it's not very helpful of an answer either, just not to be like the world. Uh, just don't be like that guy who takes all the Lysol or all the paper towels, uh, not paper towels, the toilet paper uh, from the aisles and save some for others. I'm not just going to say that, um, but I'm going to push a little bit further. What does it mean for you to be Christ to people at this moment? Uh, during this pandemic, during this time where people are so in fear and panic, what does it mean to so love? What does it mean to sow hope? What does it mean for you to further humanity and to do uh, actions that are really for the co betterment of humanity and for the common good? And it might start with you being mindful at the grocery store. It might mean you just take what you need and uh, leave the rest for others uh, that might be in need. I read an article the other day that um, an elderly man in his 90s uh, was in a Walmart uh, trying to find toilet paper because it was actually down to one roll. He needs um, however many he needs uh, for, for that month. He's down to his one roll. He was crying in the aisle because that was his third uh, store that he's gone to that day that was totally empty and doesn't know what to do. Uh, as a Christian, how do you respond to that? Uh, what is our responsibility in light of that? So it might be actually buying what you need. Uh, perhaps it means to share with those around you that you might buy more than you need, but that's not just for yourself, but to hoard, but for the sake of other people, you're going to share that, you're going to uh, give that out um, uh, for the sake of uh, others. Uh, maybe for you, instead of spreading anxiety through social media, uh, through what you post, it's for you to sow peace and love and hope and joy. And instead of 
uh, counting all the things that we don't have instead of highlighting all the cancellations that are going on maybe it's for you to highlight what we still have what is still going for us uh, what we still have uh, right now for those of us uh, that are living in, in, in Vancouver maybe for you it's to be kind and loving and generous when the world says you should be selfish and and you should be hoarding you know live the opposite of that you're gonna be generous you're gonna give and not hoard you're gonna uh, love people around you instead of sowing on hatred because ultimately during this time we need to think about this that that is the way of Jesus that you can't imagine Jesus hoarding you can't imagine Jesus taking on everything for himself but Jesus is the definition and embodiment of selflessness that he was selfless in his life in his life death and resurrection ultimately for all of humanity that that's what he has done and and we know that we ought to be the same to people in the world for those of us that call Jesus Christ as Lord and we believe in God the Father and, and we believe that this, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. For those of us that call ourselves Christians, we have a responsibility at this time, not, the civic, uh, not, not, just, a, not just a civic responsibility, but also a deep spiritual responsibility to our city, to our people, to our church, to those around us. And we know in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us a spirit of timidity uh, or fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. That during this time, we're not meant to be swept away uh, and be blown away by the wind and by the winds of culture and just the ways of the world. But we're meant to stand firm on the foundation of Jesus Christ and to, to think deeply and to live deeply the name that we bear uh, and what it means to be a Christian uh, at this time. So I'm going to be honest with you at this moment. I don't know how long this is going to be for. Experts tell us it's going to be weeks, maybe even months. But what I do know is that the God that we follow is eternal, that he's everlasting, that for, for those of us that stand on Jesus Christ, that he is the ultimate stone, that foundation, that when we can stand on him, he is that solid rock. When everything else is sinking sand, which it sure seems like at this moment, we can stand on Christ and know that our lives are secure in him that no matter what happens to us in our bodies even though it may turn back to dust we know our souls are eternally in his hands and where Jesus is where God is where the Holy Spirit is that is the best place to be and I have faith I have hope that that is what we're meant to share to the world at this time I'm going to pivot pivot a little bit here to talk about our to go into our sermon and the series that we're going through right now which is uh, ready for resurrection as we count down uh, during this lent season to easter weekend to get ourselves ready for resurrection to live this resurrection life that god has called us towards and today's topic is ready to be a good friend and i believe at this time in the world when when during this pandemic during this time of emergency that we all could use a few more smiles that we all could be a good friend we could all use a good friend as well but I'm gonna push us a little bit further is to challenge you what does it mean to be a faithful friend a faithful friend to those around you a faithful friend to your co-workers a faithful friends to your neighbors uh, to the person who's walking down the street because I ultimately believe this, this is the big idea this morning that a faithful friend furthers our faith a faithful friend furthers our faith and I know that's definitely true in my life, I think back to some of my greatest friends that are still my good friends now, that they have furthered my faith, that furthered my faith in God, and my trust in God, and my understanding uh, of God. 
I remember there's times when I wrestled with my faith, when I'm about to walk away from it all together. But those are times when God brought friends closer to me and used them to draw me closer to God and to bring me back into a relationship with Him. That faithful friend furthers our faith uh, in God. And at this time, I believe we're all called to be good and faithful friends to those around us because we all could use a little bit more faith. National Geographic, uh, quite a few years ago now, they, uh, they sponsored a, um, uh, some research in terms of uh, just understanding demographics, understanding our world, and understanding what are some of the key points to longevity, to living a long life. Uh, and research shows that uh, there, are, uh, there are places in the world where people tend to live longer than others. On average, um, that there's a high concentration of individuals living over 100 years old, and these areas in the world are called blue zones. And these are places where clusters of people have, have grown old without health problems like heart disease, obesity, cancer, or diabetes. And you're probably wondering at this moment, what are some of these points? Uh, what are some of these places in the world? If these five zones are, the, are these places. Ikaria in Greece, Okinawa in Japan, uh, Oglistra, a region in Sardinia, Loma Linda in California, and Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica. Those five places, unfortunately, Vancouver isn't on that uh, zone, and you probably kind of went, oh, you know, at this moment. But research shows us, uh, the research then showed that these people that lived these long lives had these things in common. That was regular exercise, they had, uh, their stress was reduced, they had healthy living, they had a plant-based diet, they had moderate intake uh, of alcohol, and this, that that engagement in religion and family life and social life. So there it is. Here this morning, maybe you're sitting here and you're at church and you're like, well, that's good. Maybe that's, that's going to help further um, my life a little bit. I don't know, uh, but that's what the research kind of shows. But we see here that is religion, family life, and social life that, that furthers uh, these people's lives. That gives them a little bit more, more years. And according to International Psychogeriatrics, they say this, exceptional longevity was characterized by a balance between acceptance of and grit to overcome adversities, along with a positive attitude and close ties to family, religion, and land, providing purpose in life. If I were to summarize it, it's, to, it's this way, that having a purpose in life and being surrounded by a community increases your life. And I, I believe that fully and, and truly that if we surround ourselves by, by these faithful friends, by these people in this community that supports you, that will lead to the good life that God has called you to, especially in light of what is going on in the world today. And if you have your Bibles, you turn, with, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. And the passage goes like this, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. That a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And what a timely word for us this morning, in light of everything that, we're, that is going on, in light of the emergency and the pandemic of COVID-19. The question is, again, for you this morning, is what does it mean to be a good friend, especially during this time? What does it mean to be a good neighbor, especially in light of this time? What does it mean to love during this time and to be a faithful friend during this time of adversity because a faithful friend furthers our faith. So what does it mean for you this morning? 
And there's going to be something good coming out of this in the world. That in light of all the tragedy, in light of the pain and suffering that's going on, God is going to make something good out of this because that is what God does. He makes things whole. Things that are broken, he makes them whole again. Things that uh, have uh, was once clay, he's turned it into life. And that's me and you in, in humanity. But we see here that this morning a friend, we're meant to love at all times, especially during times like this. Times of tragedy that we're meant to support one another. We're meant to love one another. We're meant to uplift one another. And we're not meant to give up and to go back into our own corners and to isolate ourselves, but at this time to push even more, to show love and concern and grace to those around us, especially during these times of adversity. So that's just a short word for us this morning. That what does it mean for you to be a faithful friend to those around us? The moment that you step out of this door, to sanctuary, or maybe just to those around you at this moment, what does it mean to, for you to be faithful to them? Because if we're to understand resurrection, we have to understand the faithful friend that Jesus is. That he never abandoned his friends. When everyone else ran, he was still there. When everyone else was caring about themselves and hoarding, Jesus was there to support his friend. He is the faithful one. He is that faithful friend that we can ultimately depend on. When no one else is in your corner, Jesus is in your corner. That that is the way of Jesus. That during those times, as you think about the cross, as you think about the, the criminals that he was surrounded by on the day that he died, hanging on that cross, Whenever, when no one else wanted to be with them, Jesus was there. He wasn't thinking about the pain that he was going through, what he was suffering. He was thinking about those around him. And that is the same faithful friend that we're called to be uh, to the people around us. To be sacrificial, to be loving, to be gracious, to be patient, to be kind. That we're called to be faithful friends to those around us. And to further the faith of people, especially during this time. And if we were to understand resurrection, we need to understand that. We need to give thanks for that. We need to understand the good and faithful friend uh, that, that God is. So as I end this morning, I just want to encourage you in that. What does it mean for you to be faithful during this time? What does it mean for you to be a friend to those around us? What does it mean to for you to maybe extend that invitation? Maybe that's your action item. Maybe that's... Uh, practically what you need to do that's your application point this morning that you initiate contact to say hi to someone you never said hi to before maybe is to uh, to initiate a contact or a conversation with those that you haven't yet before maybe someone within our church uh, maybe someone outside of our community maybe someone on the other side of the world I don't know who it is that God has called you to to have a conversation with but maybe that is your first step for you to be that friend uh, to for you to be that friend to that person uh, at this specific time. And I'm, I'm encouraged that um, as a church, as we pray for the world, as we pray for our city, that as we are called to be faithful friends to those around us, that is how the world is going to be changed. One relationship at a time, one interaction at a time, one greeting at a time. You see, I just came back, our family just came back from the island. We were meant to go to Taiwan, but that trip was canceled because of everything that's going on in the world. We were in Tofino and then Pender Island for a little bit. But I've never in my life that I could recall ever talked to so many strangers in my life that genuinely cared. That genuinely just said hi when on the road. They didn't ignore you. They didn't think you're weird for saying hi, but have genuine, genuine 
conversations. I think about the owner of the chocolate shop that we went to. I think about the person, that old elderly lady that was just sitting at the beach at the bench with her dog uh, that we just had a long conversation with getting to know each other. Then what would our city look like during this time of isolation that even though our government's calling us to socially distance ourselves, what does it mean for us to push past them and be creative and to be good friends to those around us? What does it mean for you to genuinely care for those that are, um, that are feeling neglected, that are feeling uncared for at this moment? What does it mean for you to love those that are unlovable at this moment? I could go on and on with more application points. But my prayer for us is that our church would, would, would that, uh, that God would use our church to be that salt and light to the world in the place where, where friendships are lacking. Uh, not just for the long life, but, me, but for the sake of a better life, for the good life that God has called us to live, for the good difference that we're meant to make in this world. So I want to encourage you with that. Uh, I, want, I want, want you to think about that and to live that out this week, no matter where it is that you are. Think to pray deeply about, God, uh, help me to be creative in terms of how I can reach out to those around us and be the good friend that you called us to be. Because you never know. Uh, it, that initiation might just start off another lifetime, a, a lifetime of friendship. It might start off something good. It might change someone's day. It might turn someone's life towards the better. And maybe better yet, it might turn someone's life towards God. Let's pray. Father, this morning, I first pray, God, for the pandemic. I pray for the world. I pray for all, the, all of those that have experienced loss. I pray for your peace and comfort to be upon them. I pray, God, that you would bring healing to the land, that, oh, that you would do only what you can do, God, that you would stop the wave of the virus that is spreading across the world, God, that you would perform a miracle. Father, I thank you for the policymakers and, and, and the medical staff, the people that are, are, that are on the front lines, Father. I pray that you protect them, that you strengthen them, that you use them, God, for your glory and for your honor. And God, I pray for us as a church that you will call us into deeper things, that you won't call us into panic mode or into a time of fear, God, but we will rise up in this time to be the church, to be the salt, to be the light, especially during this time of emergency. And I pray that over all of us here, that we will bear the name of Jesus Christ to anyone that will hear the corners of our city into the corners of our world. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen.